Welcome to Age Like Milk. Here we are again. Here we are again. We did it. Yes, we did. Another movie. Back on another adventure. Yeah, and this one's a good one. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't remember the last time I saw it. Had to be over 25 years ago when I was just a little guy, but you know, it was good to rewatch it with some fresh eyes. Yeah, I'm excited to chat about it. Uh, stay tuned. It's from like milk. Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's... Mm. Damn whole milk skim milk medium milk i have nipples greg could you milk me me? so welcome to age like milk this is a podcast where we talk about movies and film and maybe one day tv that has not aged well it's aged like something perhaps in the back of the fridge over time gone bad um i'm your one of your hosts paris Herbert taylor and with me is the incomparable David Rogers. Hello. Hello. Uh, So yeah, today, in case you didn't know, we are talking about the movie Dumbo, 1941. Uh, It's a Disney movie, and I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, who is Emily Dean. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Now, I just want to, I like to do this, and I don't want to, like, embarrass you, but I will give Emily's little sort of bio and then she can jump in and tell us a little bit more about herself because she's had a very interesting career. Um, On a personal note, I've known Emily since I was like 18 because we went to the same university and we lived in the same dorm. She's a year above me and we both ended up randomly in LA. But Emily, you you did your degree at Sydney Uni just like I did. Uh, You studied history and English, yes? Yes, yes. Yes, and then you came over to California and studied at CalArts and did animation. Is this correct? Yes, this is all very correct. <laughs> Wonderful. And I know I know from knowing you that your animated short film, Forget Me Not, was nominated for an Australian Academy Award, which we call the AACTA. Do we say actor? I, always... I think it's called actor, yeah. Yeah, it sort of sounds like actor in America. So it's like, I hey, I won an actor award. And you're like, what? You're an animator, what? Oh, director, yeah, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so that was in 2012. And then I was lucky enough to see a, an advanced screening of Andromeda, which is your live action uh, sci-fi short, which is still in the round, doing the rounds in the festival circuit? Or It's actually done. It's rounds of the festival circuit. And done now. I'm trying to put it up on Amazon Prime, but I'm Ooh. being slow about it. So. It's okay. <laughs> you have endless time in the pandemic, so... <laughs> Good time. But fill us in a little bit more. You've worked on some really cool projects. David was geeking out a little bit. He did his research. Yeah. uh, Hotel Artemis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I went to CalArts and I studied animation, both experimental animation and character animation, which if you're not an animator, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But basically the weird type of animation where it can be anything and then also the character type of animation which you associate more with um, Disney movies. So I did both and then I trained at Pixar in the story department and after that I was hired as a story artist on the Lego movies. Um, Not Lego 1 unfortunately because I was in school at the time but I worked on the Lego Batman movie, the Lego movie 2, and um, got to work on a bunch of other fun things going on at Warner Brothers, and that is where I actually met Drew Pierce uh, for Hotel Artemis, so that was really fun. I I wasn't uh, 
technically a storyboard artist on that because of guild reasons. I was a visual consultant, so I got to do a lot of different things. But my most uh, fun moment was working with the cinematographer Chung Hun Chung, who you guys might know as the cinematographer of Old Boy, uh, The Handmaiden, and other amazing films. Um, he is... Uh, just got a wicked sense of humor and there aren't many Asians in the film industry working as crew and so we were like a little team kind of hanging out on set every now and again but um, yeah I got to storyboard like an opening bank heist um, and a shootout and that was really fun because um, just to see my drawings come alive through Chung Hoon's amazing oh cinematography was just such a delight. So, Before we jump into the, talking about the movie, because I know we've all got some opinions on Dumbo 1941, um, Emily, what made you want to go into animation when you joined the industry? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so I kind of started out storyboarding when I was in my teens, and I didn't really know where my future lay. I thought I might live and work in Australia, but looked further afield. Um, And I actually, you know, watched a behind the scenes of Sleeping Beauty, a DVD. And I saw um, the animators and artists talking about a place called Cal Arts, where they all came from. It was founded by Walt Disney following the success of Sleeping Beauty. And it was set up as a school for animators, and it was set up as something of, of an interdisciplinary school. The idea is that the collaboration brings about a better understanding and a, a higher you know, um, work as artists. And I would say that's mostly true because I got to study alongside jazz musicians and dancers and all different kinds of people doing all different kinds of things, puppetry, um, writing, critical theory. So that was sort of the environment that I was looking for, this cross-disciplinary collaboration. And the school has some really notable alumni, and one of whom is actually the director of many, many movies, Tim Burton. Uh, that his, his name rings a bell. <laughs> yeah, I think he was a huge influence on me growing up because I love fantasy, I love sci-fi, and I love things being a little bit quirky and a little bit dark. So when I saw that he had gone to that school, I just felt like maybe that was the place for me. And I was this weird thing that kind of person that people describe as an animator. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of what inspired me to go there. So yeah. I love that. And I love that you bring up Tim Burton because he actually was the director of the newest iteration of Disney's uh, Dumbo, which was a 2019 flick, which I think we shall talk a little bit about to kind of draw some comparisons but uh what we usually do in the beginning is so we're talking about Dumbo we have our wonderful guest here David I want you to do the synopsis this this episode what is what is Dumbo about for those who may not know the story Ooh, normally I'm really good on the spot for the synopsis but Dumbo okay so a baby gets dropped off by a stork Mm. a little later than he was supposed to be on schedule. 
<laughs> and, David's um, making a really weird face. I wish we would film this because he's kind of like trying uh, to get the words out. Like, yeah. And, um, you know, he joins, joins his mom in the circus and some things happen. He's like ostracized for his big ears. He looks different. People in the community, the circus community are downing him, turning their backs to him, especially the other female elephants in the circus very mean to him and through friendship of a mouse Hmm. and the love and compassion and connection of his mother he learns to believe in himself and he learns to fly did you ever see an elephant fly we did in this movie um i think that's a great synopsis um oh my god definitely wasn't reading it from anywhere (laughs) okay guys so this movie is It was actually only the fourth animated movie from Disney, if I remember correctly. I think they had Snow White, Pinocchio, and I wrote it down. Snow White, Snow White, Fantasia, and Pinocchio were the movies that predated this one. So, you know, it's definitely one that I think people think of as like a, a classic. But obviously now in 2020, there are some elements of this that have aged like milk so who wants to kick it off well just real quick so this um i really like the beginning when they said like rko radio pictures and Mm -hmm. based off the book by helen aberson and harold Perrick, because you don't see that Mm -hmm. a lot in movies nowadays Mm -hmm. i don't even know animation movies are like oh based off this book written by this person so Mm -hmm. that was kind of interesting to me stuck out um and this won an oscar for best music scoring of a musical picture Yeah. yeah No, it was definitely of the time. It also won an award in 1947 at the Cannes Film Festival um, for animation design. So clearly this was something that like when it came out was, you know, groundbreaking for the Mm -hmm. time. But definitely some problematic elements. David, I feel like you've got one on the tip of your tongue. Well, let's just start off something a little lighter. (laughs) Let's go back to to the storks and the baby delivery service or stork dash as i like to call it stork dash <laughs> so you got i mean you guys did you guys hear this as kids growing up in australia was that a thing yeah, baby like, like the, storks, the storks dropping off the baby but can i just tell you guys i was also extremely confused because i had a cabbage patch doll and i was also told that babies came from the cabbage patch but then also my mother was very like honest about like child and I'm, to the point and I'm one of three I'm the oldest and I will never forget when she was explaining to me that my youngest sibling was she was pregnant with them uh I was super confused because she explained it using the terms like eggs and so mm. I literally thought she had like a bird's egg inside <laughs> of her that was just <laughs> so like there was a and then with the stork stuff like there was a lot of mixed messaging yeah. coming through it's, it's called disinformation campaign yes <laughs> right fake news yeah <laughs> So, yeah, the stork thing was kind of hilarious. Because I haven't thought about that in forever. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, people <laughs> wed, you know, this tale of storks. Oh, how do, how do, where do babies come from? Oh, the stork drops them off one day. And then you got a new baby brother or sister. So it's just kind of interesting to me that seeing that in the beginning of this movie. Well, that was terrifying. There's like literally birds flying through the air with little bundles of babies that could. And then there's even this one scene in the very beginning where he's like sitting on a cloud. He's like lost. And the the baby's like sinking through. And I was just. But I'll tell you what, the most concerning thing to me about the stork delivering a baby type situation was like, you know, when she. So the mother elephant is like watching the babies drop and she's kind of like thinks one's coming to her and it blows away. I was always like, what if the wrong baby goes to the wrong yeah. Place. yeah, this, this isn't what I ordered. 
Yeah, it gave know? me anxiety. Yeah. Like, what if the hippo ends up in with the tigers? Exactly. I ordered a jaguar. This is a yeah. panther. Yeah. <laughs> this is a giraffe. So, I wonder if you can return them. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, For a small I mean, fee. she had yeah. to sign. Uh, Mrs. Jumbo. That's true. Had yeah. to sign. And also, I thought it was very interesting with the stork that they made it very clear that she was the Mrs. Jumbo, even though there yeah. was no, no male elephants around. around. You know, this is a mm. good baby born into a married family. Yeah. Don't worry, everyone. Mrs. Jumbo. Yeah. Just wait. Don't. Don't take the baby yet. This is a business. He like, <laughs> <laughs> he like sang a little yeah, bit. Happy sang. birthday. Yeah. I just think I did think it was funny. He kind of so the stork lands. He's dressed like a porter. He walks into the elephant car and he's like, "Who's expecting?" As in, because that's also like the word is like yep. expecting a package or expecting a baby. And then the mean like older woman is like, "Certainly not oh, me." Never. Yeah. 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 <laughs> She's like really offended. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's can, we, can yeah. we talk about the those mean elephants for a second? They were yeah. so mean. If I yeah. Could, yeah. Oh my gosh! Like they were so mean spirited and just these stuffy old women. And I I don't know what they were supposed to be an allegory for at the time. Was it just mm. that the Gossip, perception of women? Yeah. Yeah. Was it just that women were seen as these gossiping, mean spirited, like nasty? you know bullies essentially yeah especially about other people's kids probably in their community well yeah so the one of them grabs his ears and is like what funny ears and then she mrs jumbo slaps away her trunk and then she's like did i do anything wrong and they all kind of like in chatter like yeah so i wrote some of that stuff down um wouldn't eat at the same bale of hay. I wrote that down too. <laughs> Just pretend you don't see him. And then they all turn their backs on oh, him in that one scene. Yeah, and then she, she's like, he's no elephant. Like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. after he became a clown. Yeah. And yeah. they swore that he was never an elephant anymore. And they did like the... Um, trunks the in. The trunk thing. Yeah, the trunks yeah. in. Um, I thought it was interesting. What was the choice that Disney made that um, the mom didn't talk, but all the other elephants talked, right? Yeah. Does she have one line? I don't think so. You don't think she talked? I don't think she talked at all. She was like so shy It was just like a nurturing, protecting when she had to. Um, And that was that really sweet scene where she's in locked, chained up in that cart. Mad elephant. Yeah. And um, she's rocking the baby in her trunk. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just interesting to me that they made the choice that she never spoke. I mean, this kind of leads into a bigger thing, which I know we'll get into. But, like, it is interesting the characteristics that, like, each part, uh, character in the show, in the movie played. So, like, yes, who were the elephants meant to represent? The, who was the stork meant to represent? Like, he definitely was dressed like kind of like a bellboy or a delivery boy or yep. something like that. And then it's like you move into yeah the clowns like pretty much all had like irish accent the big one for me of course was like the roustabouts who were all these faceless people of color and i actually uh, told david before we sat down i said i actually printed out the (laughs) lyrics to that song which is so problematic i will just read you a small portion in my australian accent we work all day we work all night we never learned to read or write we're happy-hearted roustabouts hike uh, hike, uh, they're like smashing in the stakes to the circus. When other folks have gone to bed, we slave until we're almost dead. We're happy hearted roustabouts. We don't know when we get our pay and when we do, we throw our pay away. We get our pay when children say with happy hearts, it's circus day today. So yeah. read a lot about that online. Yeah. So first yeah. of all, a roustabout, uh, unskilled, casual laborer in 
in terms of the circus, setting up the circus and the sometimes taking care of uh, animals. animals. Yeah. So that scene was wild. So it started, and I don't remember seeing that scene when I was a kid. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> what are these? Are these just all the you know, black dudes that work there yeah. and work for them just coming out and singing this stuff. And then I was like, oh, maybe they're gorillas because the elephants are oh, doing some working too. But, gorillas. but, um, if you look at it, they don't have any faces, no faces. either. And all the it's other very animals, creepy. Yeah, it's very, it's all very the, problematic. all the animals in, um, that movie do have faces. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, and they're wearing tank tops and, it's, yeah. So it's, you know, and maybe that's kind of what they were doing, too. They were trying to draw that line or that similarity between, like, black people and, mm-hmm. you know, the gorilla, whatever, which is even more fucked up. Well, yeah, I read about it, and it definitely, it's like, at that time period, segregation was still huge, yeah. obviously, 1941. But also, the whole, the lyrics to the song, and one of the reasons I read them out loud is because it was this kind of like we're sort of slave-like and we're happy we don't even know when we get paid like we're just happy to do the work and I think there was this early American like storytelling where it's like they kind of glossed over like slaves as being like slaves and prisoners and it was like we're happy to be here yeah we love what we do lucky we get a a job and can throw our pay away just to speak from like a creative perspective too on this if you look at all the choices in that sequence one they don't have faces is obviously a big one two it's like the they're like these shadow people that come out at night during a storm when you know most people would be tucked away in bed and then they slink away and you never see them again yeah and it's sort of saying oh all the hard work in this country or in this world is done by these nameless faceless beings that come out at night Mm. and labor away and then just disappear not really part of society exactly can i be honest there was a there was a lot about this movie that freaked me out as a kid i'm not gonna lie like the elephant scene with the bubbles which we'll talk about in a bit yeah this scene that there was a lot of and like when she gets locked up and they've got like the sharp sticks and stuff it's just so funny because i feel like in looking at the 2019 version like it was I read an, a review that said, like, it was much darker than the 1941 version. And I was like, there's no, no way. way. This yeah. was, like, kind of crazy. Disagree. Yeah, with the slinky sort of, like, shadow figures and, yeah. like, all this stuff. Like The crows. The crows. <laughs> kids, uh-huh. kids in the 40s were, like, much more, I don't know, we get shit on a lot as millennials for playing violent video games and stuff. But I really think. They did have also the stereotypical redhead in this movie. Yeah the, yeah, the bully. Yeah, the bully with the freckles and the big ears. Yeah, he was making fun of and Dumbo's then, big ears. And then ears. he got his butt whipped by uh, Mrs. Dumbo. Mrs. Jumbo. Mrs. Jumbo. Which, by yeah. the way, do you guys know? I found this very interesting. So, Mrs. Jumbo—that's her name, Mrs. Jumbo—and her son, they nickname him Dumbo, the mean elephants yeah. in, in the 1941 version. Mm-hmm. So, an interesting fact: uh, there was actually a Jumbo. Uh, like a, an elephant at the very popular London Zoo in 1865. It was sold to Barnum and Bailey Circus. Um, so it was at the London Zoo, went to the circus. I guess they couldn't really afford to keep them or whatever. And that elephant was called Jumbo. And fun fact, that elephant died by being hit by a train when they Jeez. were in 
They were in St. Thomas, Canada, which is where my ex-boyfriend's family actually lives. And I've been there. And they have a massive statue to this elephant who was unfortunately killed in 1885 by a train yeah. as they were unloading. Wow. But so when I when I read that, I was like, oh, my God, yes, because she's Mrs. Jumbo. So clearly, mm. like, they named her kind of after this oh, very famous elephant that had captured yeah. the hearts and minds of kids mm. wow. back in the day. And he left his heir. Yeah, maybe they're related. Yeah. Um, but that kind of leads to another part of the stuff that I think has like aged like milk. And I think the 2019 version did a really good job of like downplaying this. And then at the end of the 2019 version, like sort of showing that like they weren't really using animals anymore. They really did not treat the animals very well in this cartoon version. No. Oh, no, no. I don't even it. think animal rights was really considered <laughs> at that time. I think it became big. I was reading about it. I think PETA formed in 1980. So if you think about it, like this is a good 40 years before 40 even people years, were talking yeah, about least, it. Yeah. But, Speaking out against it. But yeah, yeah I mean, but it was, I mean, I remember going to a circus as a kid in Australia and seeing, yeah, like wild cats. And now as an adult, like I think that's horrifying. Yeah. Well, just yeah. the scene with the, the roundabouts, the elephants were banging hammers and rolling logs out and helping and they were shoving them into the train cars you know so it's, yeah they make uh, they try to make it look so cute like the um the giraffes have their specially built train car yeah. with the like holes for their necks and they have like the hippos which ha- is basically just a giant pool but yeah like they really are using the elephants a lot yeah and they jab them mm. with spiky things and he has the whip there and in the for those that haven't seen in the 2019 version it's more like there's a bad guy who's like supposed to be in charge of the elephants and then he quickly fucks off. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell one-armed comes in to save the day. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was and then it was interesting watching the old version versus the new version. So in the old version, you kind of mentioned David the mouse is like the friend and it kind of he kind of inspires him and all the animals talk. In the new version, an interesting creative choice that they made was that the animals don't talk at all and the mouse nope. is just kind of a passing reference yeah with like kind of like an homage along with the pink elephants yeah they make a reference to that but pretty much that mouse is replaced by the two children kids. colin Farrell's yeah. yeah which i yeah. thought i thought both those kids were great yeah in the 2019 yeah. version emily question for you so going from this 1941 version to the 2019 what's kind of the difference um in that animation uh, is that considered animation or is there what different types yeah. of that, you know, that cartoon animation compared to what they're doing now with where it's almost realistic, this elephant in 2019. Yeah. Um, I'll kind of answer your question by kind of just doing a bit of a segue into like the difference between 2d animation, which is hand-drawn animation and then CG 3d animation, which was used in the 2019 version. And what the difference between changing from 2D cartoons to 3D actually does, and then like why you do it and stuff, yeah. um, if if that's okay. Yeah. Um, we love the sharing of knowledge, for, yeah. and you know, okay. we tell our we tell our listeners like this isn't just a podcast about films. Like you get yeah. to meet industry people and hear their thoughts. It's a mate. This is like a free university course and then it's gonna come <laughs> up and i'm gonna be like guys you don't even know about 2d versus oh my 3D God. <laughs> idiots God. wow well <laughs> okay so hand-drawn animation so dumbo was the first dumbo was created with like um 
2D hand-drawn, so everything is drawn by an animator by hand. Those animators were almost exclusively male and white. There are kind of a few exceptions, notable exceptions, but I don't think, um, I think most of the animators who worked on Dumbo and a Disney file can correct me on this, were white. Um, but, you know, it's it comes from studying of life and drawing from life and caricature. And these are all like, you know, amazing skills and we all learn them as animators. The problematic part of all of the early Disney films that are animated is that caricature often comes from um, minstrelsy posters and that kind of um, tradition of drawing um, black characters with big lips and big ears. And it's like done in a very um, stereotypical and racially segregation like kind of way. Um, and so I think there's just like a problem with a lack of consideration in the caricaturing and the actual drawing of characters um, in the early period because it came from, you know, these kind of, um, as I say, minstrelsy. Anyway, um, going forward, I will say the benefit of 2D animation is that it's a beautiful art form. It's It actually allows for the simplification of features when it's done well and considerately that gives you that lovely moment between Dumbo and his mother where they're mm -hmm. looking at each other and the trunks are sort of you know caressing each other and they look like they look like baby and mother and it's that artist's eye that's able to interpret okay this is an elephant but I'm going to make it look like a baby child yeah. or a human the child. The big eyes, the big The lip. big eyes, yeah. yeah, and and the tears and everything. So there is like an anthropomorphizing that goes on as well um, in that creative process. And so obviously you wouldn't feel as strongly if you saw every single hair on a hairy elephant's face or like the 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 um, wrinkles of the elephant. So there's simplification. Dumbo is just sort of like this, he's essentially just a gray blob, really. Um, <laughs> and we just kind of psychologically project ourselves and our own relationships onto this gray blob with blue eyes and like, you know, big ears. Mm. Um, and that's kind of the magic of cartooning is that it's general enough that people are able to put their own sense of self into the characters no matter where they come from. So it's a fine line to walk like between making something design-wise simple and general that everyone can see a face and, and no matter where you come from you see yourself in that face and then it slips into, unfortunately, you know, it can be caricature that's deriding or racially insensitive or whatever. Yeah. Perhaps so, like the crows in Dumbo. Yeah. Exactly. Which were, yeah. we haven't spoken of, but those were very on the nose, exactly. being named Jim Crow. Exactly. Yeah. So just to answer your question, like the comparison to the 20... 19 version is that they have to kind of 
get rid of all that negative racial stereotyping and clean up yeah. the film for modern day audiences and and update it. But in making it CG and photorealistic, you do lose that kind of universality, especially in Dumbo's face, I think. So when you have that moment between the mother and Dumbo, it didn't hit me as hard as a 2D animated cartoon does. And it's because you're seeing everything photoreal, like you're seeing the glistening of the eyes, you're seeing the wrinkles, you're seeing, you know, the thing in real space, and it's less abstract and less um, yeah. emotional in a really way. Really fascinating take, but everything you say is, I as I'm thinking about it, yeah, it's like so totally, real. Exactly. But I never thought of it like that. Sometimes when things are abstract, they tap into something deeper psychologically. Um, than if you get to see everything, hairy warts and all, wrinkles mm. and all, in That's, 3D yeah. space. Like you said, the, you're projecting kind of what you want to take in and want to see, because the cartoon version did hit me harder. Same. With that scene with um, the Baby mom. of mine? Well, the, yeah, the mom in the car. Yeah. What, uh, this up. is what I'll say. In the, you know, sort of building on what Emily was saying, like, in the cartoon version, you are your entry point is Dumbo himself, an animal. You are imprinting, you know, you're sort of like, and same with like the mouse too. Like they're kind of like the person that is our entry point. In the live action animation, a three CG, is that you say CG, three G? Yeah, CG yeah. animation. They've given us these two characters as kids to be like kind of our vehicle for entry point to the film to like feel things. So they've actually had to give us like a more, like a human, innocent version because we don't have the same like affinity with the the CG version yeah. of Dumbo. Emily, what does CG stand for? Uh, computer graphics. So. Computer graphics. Yeah. So or, or computer generated. It's yeah. an interesting okay. choice that they didn't have the animals talk in the live action. Yeah, I mean, cuz they did that with Lion King, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, there was no humans in Lion King. So it was. Really it would have been. Yeah. Can they hear each other? What yeah. are the rules here? Uh, quiet. I love that we can hear Emily's puppy in the background oh, running around. Sorry. No. She's no. Ollie always makes yeah. a cameo in our podcast. Um. So, with cartooning nowadays, is it that much easier with technology, or is it still pretty hard to do? Um, how much is done by hand? How does that work with cartooning nowadays compared to CG? Yeah, so um, back then they were drawing 20, sorry, 12 drawings per second per character. So for every second you're seeing 12 drawings. Yeah, so that's 12, so you said 12 per second, right? Yeah, so traditional hand-drawn animation, the 2D cartooning animation that you see in Dumbo in 1941, is done with drawing each character 12 times per second. Um, and then not only just doing that in pencil, then someone who's an inker comes in and does uh, the black outline, and then a painter comes in and fills in every color. Wow. So, so that's 43,200 because it's like a 60-minute movie. So that probably yeah. makes sense why our... I don't know how long Fantasia was, but just all that work that's put into this, you know, they're probably like, oh, our runtime's good. <laughs> yeah, that's why oh, animated yeah. movies tend to be um, shorter than live-action features, just because they're so expensive. 
but then also like it tends to go toward like veer towards children too so that attention span is shorter um valid point yeah i well although i've seen some stuff from disney where it shows that they've like reused certain um like pictures and stuff for different movies i'd have to like actually look up and see which yeah but do you know what i'm talking about emily yeah so there's the disney animation archive or library and I think they would keep animation because if you've got background characters that, you know, an animator spent six weeks, two months animating, you don't want to throw those pieces of paper away. It's stacks and stacks of paper. Um, you want to keep that and find a place to reuse it in other movies so that you don't have to pay another animator to do something like that again. Yeah, so stuff like that was reused. Um, And then all the backgrounds are hand-painted, which is, like, an amazing art. Like, from a craft standpoint, all of this is just, like, so meticulous, so, like, detailed and takes real craft of an artist to see something, come up with the, the emotion and the motion and draw it and get it out and, like do it over and over and over again it's it's just like it's like being in a gym or something with these oh my god I cannot imagine I cannot imagine and also like I was thinking about the director so there were two directors on this 1941 version of Dumbo one was Samuel Armstrong who also went to go on and direct Bambi which is also a gut-wrenching Disney film holy shit I was trying to Kill off moms. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to <laughs> Sever some. that relationship. So Sam Armstrong and Norman Ferguson. I don't... I would have to go back and look and see, like, who's actually billed as the director. But um, we have... Yeah. We have two kind of main ones. But, Emily, how would that work with direct... Like, having more than one director on an animated, like, feature like this? Um, so, actually, a lot of animated features have more than one director uh, because there's so much to oversee. Um, so you'd often have one director and then a co-director and that happens regardless of 2D animation, 3D animation, stop motion. Um, and it's just because there's so much delegating to do. Um, you have different departments. You have, firstly, you, you have your screenplay and then you have your story department who are all storyboarding. So interpreting the screenplay and doing drawings to show how the film will play out and that's my background in storyboarding Um, and then it goes to design and visual development who figure out what these characters actually look like um, and what this world looks like and then it moves on to animation and that's when you get into production where you have like a lot of people just slaving away and like drawing 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 or animating on the computer and then meanwhile, you've got various other departments, um, music, sound, rigging, like all these CG, all these visual effects. So, so on and so on and so on until the movie comes out um, and editorial is kind of overseeing the whole thing. So you really do need, it, it is a, a, an army of people. Yeah, Can we kind of, Okay, so you kind of did the math on like how many frames it would, would have been for the cartoon version. Yeah, she's saying just for the drawing and then they do so that's the what, paint person and well, the Well, I'm curious, person. like how many people would have been involved then? In animation, it just feels like such a team effort. Like, 
Do we have oh, any yeah. idea how many people would have worked on this movie? Look how long the animation department is. Yeah. There's probably like 60 people on here on IMDb. Yeah, I mean, and that's department. a small crew by today's standards. I, I got the IMDb open, David. Yeah, it's okay. Down. I also have the internets. <laughs> but I'm just like, it's curious. <laughs> well, like, okay, you know, Emily just worked on Hotel Artemis. Like, there was a lot of stuff, I'm sure, that was, like, not shot practically. Like, it's just, I think people forget that, like, these cr- these teams are huge. You know, like, Life of Pi, for example. I know that they had visual effects people from, like, around the globe to make that movie happen. Like, it's, yeah. All working on it at the same time. Yeah, in different parts. Yeah, yeah. I mean... That's how our modern-day blockbuster filmmaking is kind of structured off of this big team effort type, similar to animation. But if you really want to see a very long (laughs) cast and crew list, like look at any Marvel movie and see how many VFX (laughs) and animation, creature animation people there are. Sometimes not everybody is even credited because they'll hire... A company, and this is not Marvel specific, it's um, talking big blockbusters generally, they hire a company and like they'll just credit the company name, but the company oh, it's themselves. It's almost like contractor will... work. Exactly. And then they've got like an umbrella. It's like, there's me. Yeah. It doesn't say your name. So it can yeah, be but it's thousands a... of people who work wow. on these movies. Um, and so that's not all in house then? Back for most, yeah, for most of these, these places. days. Back then, yeah. Dumbo was done entirely in-house, I believe. All in-house. Yeah, okay. and that's kind of the Disney brand, is that they've yeah. done everything in-house, and that's how they've yep. been able to the, build the history this of, quality and legacy. The history of the Walt Disney Company is actually extremely fascinating. He was a producer on this. Well, yeah. Because old I'm, Walt. I mean, I like imagine he lone, was a producer on everything, though. Yeah, no? but it's just interesting to have him just as the lawn producer. Right. Which is kind of cool. He well, was getting his hands dirty. You know, I I researched him because I am very fascinated by like old Hollywood and the studio system, which in my personal opinion, I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like in many ways we're moving towards what the old studio system was. Like they're locking in talent for like three, five picture deals. Like mm-hmm. the streamers are getting in on this. We're like, you know, it's just crazy. But like, so Walt, like the fact that this is his fourth movie, like he really came from nothing. Like he borrowed money off his brother to create his company and to go from, you know, have you guys seen like the film with Mickey where he's on a boat, a steam, steamboat, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is it called steamboat Willie or is it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like incredible. Like, and he is like a pioneer of entertainment that if you really think about it, I mean, we've kind of touched on it with like the number of people that would have worked on this film and like the number of frames per second. Like, this movie, I mean, it's got a lot of problems. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, culturally, <laughs> some stereotypes. But, like, it's an incredible feat. Like, the fact that that this movie is still, like, seen by kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that it's, like, it's if you say... It's still relevant the, today. Too. It's yeah. still relevant. Yeah. My yeah. mom showed it. My mom watched it with my nephew a few weeks ago. Yeah, but you you did say that yeah, he, he I, I had a different her. experience than she did. <laughs> yeah, I asked her, like, what, you know, how'd you think about it, Mom? She's like, well, you know, this and that. And I was like, well, I think there's anything, like, off-putting or racist. She goes, oh, yeah, those crows? <laughs> She's like, for sure that's racist. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, what's funny is, like, I think, it, I was thinking about this movie and compared to the 2019 movie, you know, because it's hard to compare when there's been a remake so 
recently and I was thinking about this movie. This movie, 1941 version, really talks about um, believing in yourself. Because like, so spoiler alert for those that haven't seen Dumbo, you've only had 80 years. Um, he believes that he can only fly when he has this magic feather, which is kind of like a device that the crows... It's psychology, baby. <laughs> <laughs> is that one of the lines? That's actually? like what one of the crows oh, says. God. Yeah, we're going to do some psychologizing. Psychologizing, yeah. yeah. Um, so, in the, so anyway, he takes this feather and then suddenly he can fly. In the new version, it's like it gets sucked up his nose and then he like can fly. I felt like in the 1941 version, it was more about like, trust they really made more of a deal about like trusting yourself mm -hmm. and like in be believing in yourself and in the newer version i just didn't get the same that's because there's no build-up he right. he was able to fly pretty, pretty early away. on in yeah. the film in the new version and you know at the end yeah believe in yourself you can do it and that when he dropped we saw that feather burn up yeah and then he was able to do it but he didn't fly until the end of the movie in the 1941 version. Oh, there's only like four yeah. minutes of him. Yeah, so very early on in the in the new film. Well, I'll also say around. that he wasn't the main character in the new film. Yeah. The kids were. Yep. Yeah. Or, or the dad as the well. The kids and the dad, yeah. And all the addition, they, they referenced the war. Um, you know, he came, oh, Colin the, Farrell came back. The 2019 version is actually set in 1919, I read. Okay. So it's like... Yeah, it's right after World War One. Yep. Spoiler alert, Colin Farrell comes back. He's got one arm. The whole time I was actually just thinking about like what his arm actually looks like on set. They probably just had him wearing like a green glove, right? Like Kibbe, yeah. Yeah, something. For that part, right, yeah. Know. And then they gave <laughs> yeah. him a then they gave him a big long fake arm. Fake arm. So he could he just, just wear this glove and like they didn't have to pay yeah. for VFX. Right. <laughs> that's that's so funny. They do that in Boardwalk Empire. I've been rewatching Boardwalk Empire and there's a character that has like a mask on half his face. Yep. And like sometimes you see like the his face that's gone and I was like, Oh, they had extra money for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um yeah, so in the twenty nineteen version of Dumbo, it's set in nineteen nineteen, which is a good, you know, twenty odd years before mm -hmm. this one. So I think also like with every film that we talk about on this podcast, like you have to think of the movie of as where it fell in history. So 1941 is post depression era. Mm -hmm. People probably, people were probably more comfortable going to something like a circus because think about it in, in depression era America specifically, but like worldwide people didn't have money for fun things, you know, yeah. like they just, so this circus rolls into town. It's all like extravagant, the 1941 version you know, there's kids everywhere. They kind of touch on it in nineteen in yeah, the nineteen. But it was extravagant. They were on the downturn. Are you talking about the for the, the new version? Oh, the twenty nineteen yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, yep. So, and you know, they're selling off Colin Farrell's and his his horses, his wife's stuff. Yeah, yeah to mm. like pay the bills, and they're looking for that new act. And then along comes. Um, What's his name? Michael Keaton's character. Yeah. He's like, you know, you got to bring him to you. So that's an interesting mm. take on it, too. So the film. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> was there anything else problematic that really jumped out at you guys? Because I'll just quickly breeze through one um, th with that they did not include in the 2019 version. So Dumbo gets drunk and we kind of talked about the pink elephant. Like yep. you would never depict a young, even an elephant, which is like, yeah. you, know, not, you know, it's not a human, but like. They didn't have that in the 2019 version. That's why they had the bubble display. Mm. Um, because in the in the 1941 version, like, he's depressed and he accidentally drinks this 
drink, which... Well, he thought it was water because they dropped the clowns, dropped the champagne. But you would never get like a underage, you know. He's a baby. He's a baby. He's literally a baby. Listen, he's a drunk baby. (laughs) It was different time. (laughs) I just love we watch these like old movies. Every time you talk about anything older, talk about the parents and oh, were my grandparents racist at all? It was a different yeah. time. <laughs> so, dude, even but my yeah. parents say that. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's just kind of weird. I'm like, dude, it was the 80s, okay? I was also there <laughs> at the very end, all right? It wasn't that there. different. But it is kind of, that, that whole scene was kind of kind of weird and kind of cool. You know, they're like, hey, let's have this four-minute yeah, scene. experimental. And some of the stuff I was reading, um, like seeing pink, uh, pink elephants, hallucinations, um, a lot of the times alcoholics. There's even, um, please don't sue me. Uh, beer please called um, like pink elephant or oh. just called delirium oh. it's called delirium and there's a pink elephant yeah. on uh, there's actually a bar as in a logo. Toronto that's I think the same yeah and it's a higher alcohol content yeah. in that beer so well, I, was I, kinda... re- I read conflicting things about this scene I read someone saying that it was absinthe yep I saw that too and which can make you hallucinate mm-hmm. yeah. um, and then some other people saying that it was just like champagne or whatever um the, just total sidebar, but like the clowns in this were so, like, I don't know. They're moving on up. Yeah, they were know? so excited. Hey, we're we should do a, a forty thousand feet. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. We're gonna get, and then that one clown. The one clown's like, but you're gonna hurt He's, the baby. Oh, I wrote that down. And he said, elephants don't feel. Yeah, I wrote that down. Yeah. He said that. Yeah, I did think it was interesting. Like the stereotypes. Like all the clowns were pretty much Irish. I mentioned that earlier, but like. Can we just talk about, sorry, one thing. Yeah. I love Danny DeVito, and I love yeah, he's that he's amazing. in the 2019. Mm-hmm. He was so great. But um, I, I love that whole cast. Uh, From the 2019 name? version? Yeah, Ava Green. Oh, she's awesome. Her. Alan uh, Erkin, the, the older yeah. guy with the bank. Yeah. He's hilarious. He's I love, the kids were great. The kids that were great. Nico Parker, I feel like she's going to oh, be a star. Yeah. yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah, She's Tandy Newton's daughter, I believe. Oh, really? Uh, I was saying yeah. to myself, I was like, this has got to be somebody's kid. So I, I looked, uh, I didn't do too much research, just looked at her film history. And I thought I would have poked out, but that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, definitely the little girl in the 2019 version got like a better role than the little boy. Yeah. Um, and that's okay because I love fine. this, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you who really, yeah. I'll tell you who really stuck out to me in the 2019 version. I loved the mermaid girl woman. <laughs> she was, yeah. she was great. Yeah, she was. She sang actually because the new version doesn't have any of the music, which I think is a lot of the charm of the early Disney is like the musical numbers. Mm-hmm. And she sang a version of um, "Baby of Mine" on a, on the ukulele, and I was like. Oh. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's well, I mean, you couldn't put the Roustabout song in this. Yeah, in this. <laughs> I think people <laughs> might have a problem with it. Yeah. But no, I mean, we've talked about a lot. Was there um, anything else that really stuck out? Yes. So Please I do. read an article. So 1941 version. Okay. The mouse. He's like, we got to come up, which is, he's great at marketing, right? So he's like, we got to come up with a pitch for you. We got to find something that you can do that you can be great at. So he hears that uh, ringmaster, right? who is saying like, oh, we need to do this to do that. So the guy falls asleep and he, uh, the mouse is whispering in his ear. I saw, I read an article <laughs> that it was like like wet dream because he kept whisk, whispering oh. like climax in his ear. And he's like, and then the oh climax, and then the climax. And then he come, he rocks up the thing and he flies and then climax. 
And so it's just kind of interesting how some people, <laughs> well, <laughs> this article I read took that. We, you know, we talked about like breakfast at Tiffany's about like how they were always smoking to kind of insinuate like maybe mm. they just had sex. Like yeah. maybe there was like a little, like, yeah. I don't know. Or that mouse was psychologizing. Psychologizing. We, yeah. really, we really didn't talk about the crows. Well, let's yeah, talk, we need to talk let's about Let's talk the about it. It's a, it's a, you know why we didn't talk about them? Because it's a pretty it's so uncomfortable it's uncomfortable and it's pretty overly racist yeah just like at breakfast at tiffany's yeah well <laughs> yeah i know I, you got you got white guys and i'm looking at the casting for uh, well it was a Jim qu- crow it was it a was- minstrel choir was it, oh no that's not the right word it was a it was a black choir except the main crow was played by a white guy if i'm wrong uh i'm looking at this it was, yeah it uh, was played by a white guy i believe there's a couple the, guys. maybe it was the cliff v- edwards the voice. Andy crow um, Hall Johnson. Well, he doesn't have a picture. Why Crow did they call uncredited. him Jim Crow? Like that is just. I mean, what else are you gonna call? <laughs> Ted. <laughs> Ted Crow. Ted. Don. Andy. There's yeah. Andy Crow. Andy yeah. Crow. Um, it was, and it was like it was such a caricature where a yeah. yeah i mean it was an elephant crow oh, my lord <laughs> i was like okay this yeah. is a lot yeah it was yeah it was pretty bad it's so i didn't i you know growing up in australia i didn't really know that much about jim crow and where mm-hmm. that came from same but i didn't i didn't know that um jump jim crow or jim crow is a song and a dance that was done in blackface yep it was, was an actor yeah. an, an actor created this character and yeah. then um, when the Jim Crow laws came about, people started calling it Jim Crow. So that actor's character kind of fell off. And then mm. fast forward to when they were doing the Jim, you know, the segregation and mm. these Jim Crow laws, they people just termed it Jim Jim Crow laws. The Jim Crow because they're law going back to that actor who created for, that character. For people who don't know or who don't, you know, what is the Jim Crow law? So Jim Crow is basically. Um, like segregationists, um, voting, you know, suppressing the vote. Mm. Like you had to have property to vote. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, stuff along those lines. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. But, I mean, they weren't basically called Jim Crow laws. It was basically termed that. Because uh, of the Stuff guy. I read off the, like, the History Channel's website is because of this actor who made this character and he do all the blackface and all right. this other stuff. And then people term that when these laws came about, you know, like... So, yeah. Mm. Emily, do you... Um, oh, go ahead, Emily. Oh, the the um, the caricature or the minstrel show that this guy, Thomas Dartmouth, Daddy Rice, yeah. reading off Wikipedia, yep. is um, it was supposed to be a caricature of a physically disabled African slave. Yeah, so it's sort black of black slave. Yeah, so it's sort of like caricaturing all black people as like you know these disabled you know it's just it's it's really horrible um it's so interesting it's so interesting that blackface like exists i don't know like because the clowns are all like white faced up in both movies in the 2019 version and in the 1941 version like i know it's just like supposed to be this like ridiculous makeup and like all this shit but like i just can't believe this exists like you would think it was okay at any point in history i don't know i guess people just didn't think about it the same way yeah it's, it's yeah i mean it's it's constantly 
evolving and as we're learning to be more compassionate to other people who are just like us. Well, so Emily, you and I are Aussies. I mean, we yeah. we had different upbringings. I grew up in Hong Kong. You had more of like an Australian upbringing. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember there was this show in Australia called Hey, Hey, It's Saturday. Do you remember that show? Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there was an instance, like, how is it that like blackface has really only become offensive like in the last little while? Is it just like a co- collective like wokeness or like, you know? I, I think it had probably always been offensive it's just that demographically maybe minority groups didn't have as much access to yeah like to say you know this is offensive to us um and they just weren't heard um do you think that do you think in 1941 people were okay do you think that people of color went to see Dumbo in 1941? Surely they did because it was a I, huge I'm sure movie. They did. Mm-hmm. Do you um, think they were, you know, we talked about in the, in the tip breakfast at Tiffany's, um, a podcast about how there was a movie that you had seen where Bruce Lee's, there was a, a character of Bruce Lee going yep. to see breakfast at breakfast Tiffany's, at Tiffany's yep. and was upset by the portrayal. Like, do you think people of color were just used to being characterized like this back in the day? Yeah, this is the really interesting question around representation on screen and what it does to psychology in groups and and like if you're always going to see a white character as the hero, a white male character, people of color, women, other minorities start to have to kind of dissociate from themselves and put themselves in the shoes of a white male in order to empathize with the main character and so they're constantly like having to repress or sidebar who they are and what it does on a large scale and over a long period of time is that it's psychologically conditioning groups to think less of themselves um then and to say oh you know i'm not a white man so therefore i can't have a hero's journey yeah i can't you know? do this i can't do that that's why i liked uh into the spider verse with the black mm-hmm. spider-man because i remember we took my young nephew my mom and i to one of the spider-mans one of the ones with toby um mm-hmm. yeah so Tobes. there was venom and or the it was like a black spider-man right he, mm-hmm. when he was bad he was black and my mom mm-hmm. like looked over to me in the theater why does he have to be bad because he's black the black spider-man and i go you got him off. you know why exactly uh, and you know by the I mean? way like your mom you, is white and like yeah, i love exactly. that she's constantly calling yeah, things out yeah. like that she actually and she she would like buy i'd go to skate world skate land when i was a kid in waukesha and she would buy you know it's like fifth grade she would buy like a black doll for like my friend that was a girl at her birthday party you know what i mean and she would do stuff like that dude there's a really funny scene in the office where toby is trying to buy uh this princess unicorn (laughs) for his daughter and he buys it off daryl if you guys haven't seen this episode it's really funny and and it's a black version like dwight's been hoarding them and he kind of like makes this face and it's like even what's wrong with that yeah yeah. it's like you wanted it back or something perfect yeah (laughs) oh my god but uh it's just like getting back to your saying, uh, like the representation, and this has been years and years of being represented like that, like my, all minorities in Hollywood mm-hmm. and movies like that. And 
recently the Oscars released, um, I think it's like 2020 in a few years. Um, you may not be able to win best picture if your movies underrepresented by, yeah. uh, you know, like a host of different things. But basically if you don't have enough, you know, minorities, whatever in your film, then I mean, you, you may not be eligible to win. The one thing I'll say the 2019 version of Dumbo makes huge leaps and bounds mm-hmm. compared to the 1941 version. I mean, they yeah. cut the crow, whole crow scene out. Well, good for that. Yeah, good. Yeah. As they should. And the rest about song, which they also should. But yeah not a lot of people of color in the 2019 version. Yeah. The strong man who's this like depicted as this like African, you know, he's wearing. Yes. But yeah. what was his other job titles? True. So I did catch that. He was that. the accountant. He was and accountant, the... um, like scheduler. He was the one that was supposed to contact the paper when they got the sure. new. Pe- so he had And some... they did have, they did have acrobats that were of Asian descent, but mm-hmm. like, I just still think like we are so used to not having, people of color in the titular roles that yeah. like yeah mm, I, st- I still yeah. noticed it yeah I, I, yeah. Agree I, I think that that's sort of a problem is like when you get these big budget movies and then you sort of start getting a little bit of um risk aversion uh and it's like oh well we know these actors you know these white male actors we've seen them before we've worked with them before we like working with them and I'm not saying this was the case, but um, I think more could have been done to put totally um, yeah. more I, different, diverse people in lead roles. There were a lot of for this, extras. Do you mean specifically for 2019 version of Dumbo? For 2019 version. I think they were also uh, trying to be true to the period time, which was probably like, you know, yeah. all the freak acts were white people, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Look, I'm, I'm going to say this. I, I was very impressed with the 2019 version. I was too. Given the difficulty of the task of updating the material. Oh my god! I, oh yeah. my god! I thought they didn't. They took something that was like quite problematic, <laughs> and dare yeah. I say, yeah. had aged like milk. Yeah. <laughs> and they turned well, it. Oh, she said it. She said it. She said it. But I will. No, I think they did a fantastic job. Like it was much updated. It was you know much more inclusive instead of having the animals be the bad guy they had this bad white man be the bad guy Dan- even Danny DeVito's character had like a redeeming factor mm. and I I mean they they put a female in like a very p- important position which with I the, loved as the daughter love that. and but yeah. also Eva Green's character like she yeah. really had a journey yeah but you know and I they mean, chose the right side it ended on a positive right. note um, he, one of the they, other they, articles I read comparing the two the 1941 version he's still at the circus yeah and the 2019 version they get rid of all the animals yeah and this is kind of funny so like there's a sequel to this because they had that great scene the mom and dumbo pull up to the you know that watering hole or whatever all those other elephants are drinking from and he flies down and they all kind of salute you know she does a salute and then they all raise their um, the trunks. Their trunks, kind of like the the bad women in the 2014, like making the vow that he's not an elephant. But I'd be mm. funny and be like, <laughs> it's like all hail the chosen one that <laughs> that, that was written. That you know, it was written. Now we take over the humans. And yeah, <laughs> come back. Yeah. yeah, David and I sometimes go on like little tangents where we try to pretend like we know what's gonna happen. What's gonna next. happen next? Yeah. yeah, I feel like little Dumbo in the in the forest becomes like 
the next like little dictator because he can yeah, fucking fly. Yeah, he can fly. Yeah. What is, is it? Is like, oh, we were wrong. We should have kept him in the circus. Now he's killing all the humans. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good like one last thing I will say about the 1941. I say I always say like this is the last thing I'll say yeah, about the thing, but then never say the is. Last thing. It's never at the end. Um, at the very end of the 1941 Dumbo version, you see Mrs. Jumbo on the back of this beautiful like yeah. you know thing. That I wrote down on my notes. It annoyed me that Dumbo only got everything he wanted and like needed, which was like being with his mother, when he could provide something to the circus. So, mm. okay, so he's like ridiculed by the other elephants, and then suddenly, yeah. like, and I guess not really in the 2019 version because spoiler alert: in the 2019 version, they sneak him onto a ship. He goes and they release him into yeah. Africa or wherever he's from. Yeah. In the twenty, sorry, in the nineteen forty one version, they suddenly respect him when he's like can fly and he's special. And it's like, what messaging is that? Like, you know, <laughs> to kids, it's like, oh, you were born with, especially in nineteen forty one when, you know, kids had a lot of deformities and shit like that because yeah. we didn't have the medicine that we have today. I just, I don't know. It just like annoyed me that he only got like special treatment once he. Once he was, was special. Yeah. special. Like he had to prove his um, earning worth to the circus. Like yeah. the circus right. is society. You have to make money for society. Otherwise you will be capitalism, laughed at. Yeah, exactly. Now we accept you. Yeah. Uh, and yes. it was coming off the heels of the Great Depression mm-hmm. at, at that time too. So it's very, that's what made me really sad is like, wow, this is actually a very mean film in a lot of ways like it it lacks compassion even though it's Mm. saying it's advocating oh take you know take care of this baby take you know love this baby be kind to this baby and the crows actually do turn around from having laughed at Dumbo there they become allies to Dumbo and help him to fly but it's Everywhere else in society is very mean, very... The um, clowns take advantage of him, the ring Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it just made me think about today's society and not kind of blowing this out of, you know, out too much, but just like we, we really have to instill in, in media and entertainment the need for compassion. Absolutely. Otherwise, like there's, it's... And I think we need There's to be all this kind of weird messaging that can go on and like well, we also need, distort people. We also need to be conscious of like what content we are allowing young people to consume because I know for me, like, I mean, the three of us, you know, we work in the entertainment industry and like we were obviously very influenced by certain things that we saw as kids. But like even as like stories, like we need to be conscious of like what we are digesting or like allowing young people to digest because it's very influential. Like rewatching this movie I didn't feel uplifted that like if I was different I could still be okay I felt like sad that people like ridiculed him until he proved himself you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. I feel like Disney is doing much better now and like overall we're being more conscious of like what stories we put out there but kids are very impressionable exactly but uh, to make the comparison and like the contrast 1941 to 2019 it's flipped everybody is mm. shitting on Dumbo for his ears right he only has his compassionate love of his mom and his boy the mouse the crows give him a little shit and they're like man you could we'll fuck with you but then <laughs> fast forward um 
the 2019 version, it's flipped. There's the one asshole um, guy that dies. Quickly. That dies. He's yeah, killed. they kill him off <laughs> quickly because he's he's a jerk, right? I love and then guy. everybody who's negative and is has that mindset of the make money at all costs. Um, we're gonna separate the mom from the baby because it'll make him tough and we'll make money. Even the banker walked off with Danny DeVito to go. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So like it's totally. Uh, flipped upside down it's a 180 from the 1941 so i i you know taking that i I think it's it's we're moving in the right direction i think there was a lot that they had to do to rework the story and like if you think about the 1941 version it had animal you know abuse issues um and in cage animals in cages um it has issues with race it has obviously issues with gender and how female characters are represented as these snide, mean-spirited elephants. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll say it again, race. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, alcoholism, baby, you know, drinking yeah. alcohol and like, you know, that being seen as funny and unlocking his secret power in a way. <laughs> Valid point, um, yeah. Yeah, and then like child separation issue, which is part of the the drama of the story, given that. But like, you know, and then like his um, well, I feel like I'm I'm missing something else here. No, but, I think you touched on a lot of it. Like, yeah, yeah, and basically the only thing that solves his problem is that he can fly and he can make money off of his <laughs> learning to fly, and he can put his mom in this great um essentially a cruise ship of a train car yeah. at the end they're, um, living, they're living lavish yeah. but still working for the man he's basically the nfl player from the ghetto that like buys his mama a really nice condo really nice car and house yeah, yeah. and there's yeah. still the, but even based when off his he, talents yeah as long as you don't speak yeah. up yeah yeah he like shoots peanuts at the people at the other elephants who poo-pooed him at the beginning and he sprays water on the clowns who were mean to him. Yeah. So he, it's a little bit vindictive in a way, yeah, even yeah. though he's a, a innocent, you know, eyed baby. But so. then going to that, like you said, this is this is learned behavior. So mm. he took that hate that they gave him and, you know, they put turned their backs to him and he said, OK, and he's carrying around that. So, you know, it's like what we give our kids. Are we giving them love and compassion and sincerity and bringing them along the right way or are we saying like oh no this is the way you're going to learn you know you got to toughen up you got to be this you got to be that you're unwanted and then oh wait no now you're good yeah no no you have have something of value yeah Yeah. no come on yeah come over here we can make money off of you exactly that american commercial capitalism (laughs) we love to see it don't we so at the end of every episode we like to do a little shout out we like to pick someone random ish from the film because you know a film is a collaborative effort um and we like to pick random people are we doing both sure yeah let's do both let's do we'll we'll start obviously we'll all start with 1941 because that's the original david who you got so first i want to shout out the train 
The train. The train in oh the my first God. one. Oh my God. He, because he was hilarious or she was hilarious. And when he goes up, he's like yeah, saying, I, I think I can, I think I can. And, and then, then he's he goes, like, I, I thought I could. I thought I could. Yes. I was geeking oh out at God. that. And then uh, again, the um, 2019 version did an homage. The train had a smiley face on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ooh. But um, uh-huh. I am going with Art Babbitt, animation Ooh. department. Um, Art Babbitt was born on October 8th. Omaha, Nebraska, and known for work on Dumbo, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Pinocchio. Um, so, you know, this uh, whole thing, animation department wouldn't be done without without Art Babbitt. So, shout out to Art Babbitt and you go Art. Did a did a lot mm-hmm. of different things. Worked on a lot of stuff. Uh, well, I'll go next. I chose Lee. Harline from the music department because I think the music obviously won an Academy Award and it was like a huge part of this movie. Lee uh, was an Academy Award winning composer for Pinocchio and I, I mean I don't know how that works with like the Academy Awards like if if the music department wins like an Academy Award in like the 1940s like does everyone get up on stage like I don't even know but Art um, did a lot uh, a lot of TV, you know. Um, they must have been pretty young when they worked on this film because their latest credit is 1991. Or I guess that's like 30 years ago. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But, you know, worked on a bunch of different things. And, yeah, I think we need to shout out the music because I don't think people realize how important music is in a, in a movie like this. Yeah. But Emily, who you got? Mm. Yeah, so I'm going to shout out to Ward Kimball who was an amazing animator and he was one of what's called the Disney nine old men. And they were like the, (laughs) the Jedi team of, (laughs) of Disney animators back in the day. He animated Mickey Mouse, Jiminy Cricket, Cheshire Cat, Mad Hatter, Tweedledum. So he like did a lot of these very broad characters um, with big face big smile i think he probably animated um the mouse in dumbo i can't oh, be 100 nice. sure but um and he would he was really great with comedy and his acting choices and so on it's <laughs> just yeah so he's sort of like an icon yeah. um, and legendary that's animator. amazing i just so. uh pulled him up and his picture on imdb is hilarious yeah. With the glasses yeah. he's got. He looks like a cool dude. Yeah. Should we do the 2019 one as well? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I went with Harriet Dyson, costume and wardrobe department. Mm, the costumes mm-hmm. were good in the 2019 version. Yeah. yeah. She worked on Aladdin. Aladdin? And, yeah. Aladdin? Yeah. And uh, she just, I mean... All, the, all that stuff is huge. Getting people in that era, that time, getting as an actor, getting people in that, that actor in it. Okay, now it's real. Now it's starting right. to feel real for me. I got to tell you, there's, you know, because I worked on a movie mm. recently. Mm. Did you? Uh, yeah, no, I did. Weird. I never bring it up, I know. Yeah. Um, and I got to say, like, the costume people were some of my fave peeps. And at the end of the movie, I got to buy three of the outfits um, for a good price. And they were just, like, lovely. They just made me feel like nice like because like obviously you can't dress an actor or an extra and make them feel like shit because that's going to translate on set so they they were all about making you feel good um my 2019 person is named phil zimmerman also known as the evil 
elephant wrangler actor who was killed early on. Um, I never really shout out the actors because I feel like they get screen time, mm. but I thought he was like a really interesting character. And um, if you look him up on IMDb, his name is Phil Zimmerman. He's got a really interesting face and he mm. uh, has been in like Les, Les, Miserables, Les Miserables and Dracula. And he's just like, seems to have made a career of um, looking kind of scary. Not going <laughs> to lie. And he did kind of look kind of <laughs> scary in the 2019 version. Emily, who you got? <laughs> so is it cheating if I do a shout out to Tim Burton? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody you um, want. That's your all. Yeah, okay. You're, you so guys went to the same school. I, I know he's like, he's the director, so he gets enough press. <laughs> he doesn't need a shout out. Um, but I just wanted to point him out because he is really a very um he's an iconic filmmaker and so an amazing iconic. artist oh. yeah like i think we forget these days because we're like oh there's alice in wonderland you know dumbo he's done so much batman it, it's almost become he's become so mainstream but when he was coming up when he was a student when he was in his 20s he was really just this weird dude who was so different and so not Confident isn't the right word, but just so determined to not let his creative voice be compromised mm. that he really changed the entire shape of, you know, genre filmmaking and, and animation in the 90s in particular um, for Disney. And they they gave him space to be his own weird self while you had amazing other animators working like Glenn Keane and so on, working on Little Mermaid and Pocahontas and so on, Tim Burton was carving out a niche for himself in this horror, comedy, quirky, yeah. he was like, twisted way. He, he was telling yeah. kids, like, it's okay to be scared and freaked out. You're going to be yeah. okay. Like, Nightmare Before yeah. Christmas. Like, yeah, and you made it normal. I mean... Yeah. Would we say that he's, like, been so influential in horror? I think so. Yeah, well, all around, just you need that creativity. And like you said, he's just him. And you need people like that around, like no matter what, you just are who you are. And I, and I need to find my Tim Burton. Like I'm. Uh, or I was gonna say, Tim, if my, you listen you know, to this podcast, like fucking hire us, old dude. We love yeah, you. Because because yeah. Keaton did a lot of work with him over yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's funny because I feel like a lot of filmmakers that I love have their like people. Like mm-hmm. Tim always works with Helena Bottacotta, who I'm if he was married to am i wrong mm-hmm. no he was mm-hmm. okay, domestic partner oh johnny, i'm sorry I johnny did. depp yeah he's yeah. got his people yeah. well because edward scissorhands was like so influential to me when i was a kid i i do yeah. know th- i do know this one personal detail about tim burton which was that he and helena bonacato used to live next door to each other with like a bridge that connected their homes and honestly that sounds like the perfect situation like i love my partner <laughs> i would but, love that as well but like <laughs> if you live next door i also wouldn't be mad like to have my own house yeah like i love you <laughs> but like get out of my bed you go to your wing yeah exactly um well we always kind of end off the podcast like so you guys do you think that this film aged like milk should we let our esteemed guests go first um as someone who just threw out <laughs> a carton of milk that had a very thick skim of of stinky cream on top. I'm sorry to say <laughs> this film has unfortunately aged like milk, but the positive is that I think the 2019 version, even though it wasn't a huge box office success, 
I think was a step majorly in the right direction. Yeah, I'm going to say that this this was a stinky ass milk that you left in the fridge. <laughs> you checked the label and you're like, oh my God, this expired 10 years ago. Um, I think this, the, the 20, sorry, the 1941 version. Ooh, that's a stinky one. I agree. <laughs> I think it has aged like milk. The 2019 version, I think did a lot. And I actually, I think the 2019 version is like that milk that doesn't go off, but maybe there's some microbes that get in there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll make like a 20, maybe they'll, well, maybe they'll make a 2040 version and it will be so inclusive and, and wonderful. I don't know. So I'm going to say it's like uh, the 1941 version. You know, somebody's trying to do right and fix cereal for some kid that was abandoned because the stork dropped him off at the wrong house. And he doesn't ever use his milk and he pours it in the bowl and it's just all chunky and gross. So I also, <laughs> I also say it was aged like milk, but I bet they thought they were doing something good because oh. there are some nuggets. There are some nuggets in there, like the friendship between Dumbo and the mouse. And oh. he believes in himself at the end, even though he's ridiculed. Uh, but it's, yeah, this, this it's one all aged about the like, psychologizing and the like, you can do anything. Baby. You know, we, we never really talked about like circus culture back in the day. Like yep. this was, this was like a weird, you know, I mean, I remember as a kid being like, I'm going to run away and join the circus, mm -hmm. which obviously I never do. You should. I, I mean, I could, <laughs> I run away from my home right now, but I, instead I run away and joined LA, which yeah. is basically like a circus. circus. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, this, I think I agree. I think this movie tried to make a crazy situation uplifting and they failed in the racial profiling and stereotyping yeah. of some things, but there were definitely some, there were definitely some things about storytelling that this movie made uh, iconic. Yeah, I will say. Well, Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, that was, thank you guys. That was awesome, Emily. It. We wait, appreciate. What would wait, you? Oh, I was gonna say, where can they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Emily Lim Yun Dean. I'm, you can also hit up my website, which is emilydean.net. And Emily, if there is a wannabe animator out there, what is like one piece of advice that you would give to them in the current climate, which is kind of weird because everything's on fire and also fucked up. But no, what would you say to a wannabe animator? Mm, one piece of advice. Give me two pieces. <laughs> okay, well, it's sort of, it's, yeah. Uh, it would be... Keep working hard at your craft, don't give up on yourself, and don't forget to love what you do and keep the joy in what you do because this industry can be tough, um, but remember what brings that spark for you. Great advice. Love that. And you know what? Emily is also directing and she is one to watch. I have known her. Oh God, I'm gonna age myself. I've known her for almost 15 years, and she is 15 years. No, no, maybe it's more like 13 or 14. But like, no, I think you might be right. It might be almost well, 15 years. You were like a big sister to me at college. We call college like where we lived on campus, and like, I, honestly, out of all the people that show that ended up in, uh, ended up in LA together, like, I'm so grateful that you're here. It's so nice to have a friend and. You know, it's uh, it's inspiring to see someone, you know, doing great stuff. So watch this space. When is, uh, and you said watch out for Andromeda that might be coming to Amazon Ooh, soon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no date yet, <laughs> but um, I do have, I 
am currently directing a very top secret Netflix show that will drop next year in when it comes out, we'll have to have you on again and do like a... Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. I know, I'm so proud of you. I don't know what the show is, don't worry. She hasn't broken her NDA, but like just in general, I'm proud. Um, yay. yay. Well, guys, check your fridge. Make sure that milk is taken out. Gross milk is gross. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Um, we really appreciate it. This is just a fun thing that we do. And Emily, thank yeah. you so much for joining thank us. Thank you, Emily. This was a great thank one. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Have a good one. You Bye. Too. Bye. Yay! <laughs>